Welcome to the Spotlight Series Podcast. I'm your host, Slick Sean. Man, I got the dopest gig in the world. I get to have conversations with entertainers and entrepreneurs and listen to their inspiring stories. You can stream the podcast at SpotlightSeries.net, watch on Roku TV, Facebook Watch, IGTV, and listen on all podcast platforms. In a world full of darkness, the spotlight is on you. What's good, world? It's the homie Slick Sean, host of Spotlight Series Podcast. I have a special guest today. This lady right here, this queen, she's a comedian, a poet. She's an entertainer, also a jujitsu practitioner. She's a licensed professional counselor, and she's open and been on tour with Bruce Bruce and Carlos Mencia. How you doing today? Welcome, Queen Momo. Hey, I'm doing pretty good. Thank you Great. for having me. Thank you for coming on. I'm so glad that that you're doing this interview with me. I say interview, but we just having a conversation. How about that? I like conversation. <laughs> so first off, I want to know, uh, where are you from? I say I'm from everywhere. I grew up military. So I was born in the state of Georgia, raised in Omaha, Nebraska. So yes, people in Virtual World, Black people live in Omaha, Nebraska. I was, like, <laughs> I was one. <laughs> and then we moved to Charleston, South Carolina. I've been in South Carolina since 92. But I've lived in Spain and I've lived in Trinidad. Oh, okay. So well, versely traveled, I see. Oh, you've been a little travel. bit everywhere. A little bit. <laughs> So how long have you been doing comedy? I've been doing comedy going on next April will be five years. Oh, wow. So how, how has the journey been? Oh, wow. The journey's been amazing. I never, ever thought I would ever be doing something like this in my entire life. Um, I want to give a shout out to my friend, Josh, that actually introduced me into comedy. He's like, you're a funny girl. You should do it. And the first time I ever wrote a joke, I cried because I didn't understand how to write a joke. (laughs) (laughs) But it's been a growing experience. Uh, I love it. Yeah, super cool. I I remember it it gives me flashbacks of uh, a time where I did an open mic comedy. I think I did it maybe three times, I want to say. I was pretty brave. It was an open mic in my city. I was living in Huntsville, Alabama at the time. And I would go to these open mics and I just would kind of like get my little set together and I would get up there and it was during happy hour. So most people was just there to have drinks. So I would get a few laughs here. But I was like, oh, man, this is tough. Like I've done acting, I performed hip hop. I've been in all kinds of other stuff performing, but comedy, whew, that is some pressure. So I, I got to commend you for doing what you do. <laughs> Oh, thank you. I actually think poetry is um, more, I think I'm more vulnerable in my poetry. I think poetry is harder. Spoken word, I think it's harder than um, than comedy. At least with comedy, I get to, you know, joke behind all the pain. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> um, so uh, when did you know you wanted to be a comedian? Um, honestly, I didn't until the very first time I ever stepped on stage. And I did my very first joke ever. And I heard all the laughter at Coffee Underground. And I was like, yeah, I want to do this. <laughs> yep. So about four, four and a half, almost five years now. That's when I was like, yeah, this is this is for me. This is what I want to do. Yeah, that's dope. 
So uh, how do people follow you and keep up with you to know what's going on with you? Well, I'm on Facebook because I'm old. (laughs) (laughs) So you can follow me on Facebook. I'm on Twitter, although I occasionally forget I have a Twitter account, but I'm on Twitter. I'm on TikTok and on Instagram. And TikTok, y'all, just to let you know, I am trying to develop a character called the Cougar Princess because, you know, I just want to throw some shade on all those, you know, princesses out there. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's interesting. The the Cougar Princess. The Cougar, because they, they, you know, Ariel, Belle, you know, Cinderella, they all stay the same age. They're teenagers. I grew up on those stories, but I'm old now. So where's the princess for us? I want a cougar princess. That sounds interesting. You know, I I looked at your TikTok and I was like, well, she got a lot of material up on here. So that's dope that you're doing the TikTok thing. So uh, how often do you do you TikTok? Do you have a schedule or you just kind of go with how you feel? I kind of go with how I feel because of my day job. Um, My day job keeps me very, very busy. So it's hard to be consistent. And that's the game. The game is being consistent. So I'm hoping to um, squeeze some um, time in after my competition and um, later this month to be more consistent. Gotcha. Yeah. And I see that you're in the jujitsu. What's going on with that? How long you been been doing the jujitsu? About four years. Yeah. So I actually trained with the UFC gym here in Greenville, South Carolina. I saw that. And, um, the competition I actually was speaking about is jujitsu. It's my very first competition. And so, yeah, I've been training since 9 a.m. this morning. So I, I, you know, if we were face to face, I'd be like, please, you know, excuse me if I smell. But virtual is <laughs> great. You can't smell me. <laughs> You're right. Virtual is great. Right. Like that, that one commercial where the dude is talking to his son and he is like, big boys wear pants. And the dude he's uh, doing the virtual uh, call with, he's like, I am wearing pants like his toad on himself. <laughs> I was like, that's crazy, man. <laughs> so have you ever ran into any hecklers? I know that's like a, a thing in the, the, the comic world. Have you ran into any? Yes, yet? I have. As a matter of fact, <laughs> I will never forget this one woman. I was hosting a show and this woman, she was tall like an Amazon. She just stood up and she was upset talking about she didn't get a chance to order her chicken wings. And she had this little guy with her. He he was probably tall for his height, but she was really tall. And, you know, he just looked so pitiful. And she just stormed out of the comedy zone and it got really awkward. And so I just called it out. I was like, I don't know about y'all, but that was really awkward. So that kind of saved the audience there, just announcing what was awkward. But I'll never forget that one. And then we had another one. Oh, God. Like this one tried to approach the stage. I was like, nope. Mm-mm. We're not, oh, we're not wow. doing that because I remember what ha- what's been happening. Like you know, in Colombia, one of the comments got attacked by a, an audience member. I was like, we're not, we're not going to do that. We're not, we're not doing that. But um, yeah, so and th- but most of the time, people know why they're there. They're there to have a good time and laugh. So very rarely I get a heckler when I'm on stage. But yeah. of course, the more I travel, the more I do things. There, there are going to be people that just think they're important and they can add to a show. Like right. That. People don't take it so serious. It's just jokes. That's why you did, right? <laughs> exactly. We're just here to have a good time and talk about right. the obvious. 
<laughs> so where do you where do you uh, normally draw your material from? Is it just from life experiences, what you see, or do you like have like some script writers in the background somewhere? I wish I could afford a script writer. <laughs> no, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's just from personal life experiences, like you know, like people who go to college and spend a lot of money, and they're like, you know, why did I spend all this money? Um, I'm a mental health therapist, so I pull from all kinds of stories. Um, so yeah, just life, life is funny. Why not poke at it? Yeah. And I I see that, you know, you're a a licensed professional counselor. I'm sure that you have many stories to tell. Not like you're, you know, not like you're telling your clients info, but I'm sure you got a lot of funny stuff that you hear. And I I just can't imagine. (laughs) I work with children. So I actually have a set about that. Um, You know, there's working in the field I work in. I was like, I realize there's two types of kids out there you have children the polite ones and then you have churns and that usually gets the audience kind of laughing it's because i'm like which one do you have and one of them was like i got churned i was like see that's why you're here (laughs) (laughs) right (laughs) so yeah yeah make fun of the obvious i had a 10 year old a 10 year old client teach me how to use tiktok so, you know, it's just what? things like that. Yeah. A 10 year old. This wow. is why I talk about the life. It's just, it's funny to me. I had a 10 year old teach me how to use TikTok. <laughs> right. And then it, it, it brings me to mind, like, you know, the, in the future, we're going to be hiring our social media managers a whole lot younger. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like about what, 12 or 13, you can be a social media manager. Because they got all the time in the world. Think about it. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, yep. it's crazy. It is. So uh, tell me uh, one thing about like your favorite comedian. Uh, who's who's some of your favorites or people that you looked up to? Honestly, one of my favorites is Dave Chappelle. Like he's a he's like a genius. So he had this one special where he just randomly said, how good he was as a comedian, did a random punchline, started talking about stuff and then ended up using the punchline. I was like, that is genius. I was like, oh, I never thought to do that. You know, so he's definitely on the top. Um, I kind of like how Wanda Sykes is kind of like, I like her attitude. So Mm -hmm. she's she's a good one. But um, I will say like before Kevin Hart sold out, like old school Kevin Hart, I kind of like, I like his material. Um, a lot. So that's, those are some, and of course, Richard Pryor, um, I should have known that comedy would be part of my life. Cause I used to sneak as a kid. My mom would hide the Richard Pryor, um, <laughs> record vinyl, and I would always find it. And then while she was at work and I was home from school early or whatever, I would play Richard Pryor. So yeah, those are, those are my, my go-tos. No, that Richard Pryor, man, I had a I had a cassette of Richard Pryor. He was talking about Mud Bowl. <laughs> man, he is he was hilarious, I'm telling you. Yes. Had me rolling. And he talked about his life. And he, he had really a dark did. life. He did. Mm-hmm. From Peoria, Illinois. And then it, he said, somebody was like, what's that? That's a city, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> that, that little, I mean, it's like that little bit, man, that just had me rolling. Yeah. Do you remember the story where he was, um, 
He was walking down the street. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Too funny. Man, I was tripping, tripping, tripping. Like, I would listen to his stuff back to back to back. I just couldn't get enough. Yes. Good one. So, uh, Another so genius, you know? I know, right? So you've been you've been uh, on tours and shows with people like Bruce Bruce and Carlos Mencia. So tell me about that experience. How was that? Well, um, they uh, so I work at the comedy zone here. And so it's been um, when they come through and they pass through, I get an opportunity to meet them, talk to them. So um, how I got with Bruce Bruce was that one year he came and um, I kind of talked with him a little bit, things of that nature. He gave me some advice. I wrote it down in my book. He's like, don't quit your day job, things like that. And I couldn't tell if he was being serious or sarcastic. I was like, uh, okay, great. <laughs> and then so <laughs> he asked me to do a favor in regards to people who were coming to the show. So fast forward another year, he comes back. And I was like, hey, I remember you said, da, da, da. I'm trying to live the dream like you. So he gave me a guest spot that night. I was like, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> and so like, I, I think honestly, truly, it just comes down to uh, like, patience and even with Carlos Mencia like Carlos Mencia like we had a chance to talk he likes to do karaoke we hung out and then the next year he remembered me so he's like yeah I got you and so anytime he rolls through I, I know he got me that is super dope to be you know brushing shoulders with the greats out there <laughs> so so what's next for for Queen Momo what's the next I know you told me about the June 26th, but is there any any projects that you're working on? Anything that's coming up? So mainly is um, this journey has taught me that I am worth it. I am worth risking and going for my dream. So um, what's coming up next for me is I started doing some acting gigs um, because I feel like that's a skill set that would only just enhance my comedy. And so um, my hope is that I will be able to do my private practice full time because that will give me more flexibility to actually do more tours and leave the Southeast region so my name can get out there more. Like I've, um, I've done an open mic like in San Antonio, but I would like to do a show in San Antonio. So things mm -hmm. like that. I want to be able to travel and get my name out there. And also I would like to... Um, because it is about relationships. So right now I'm building relationships and seeing about doing a Latin X comedy show here in Greenville, because we have a huge Latin population and I would like for that population to start coming out more and enjoying comedy. Dope, for sure. So talk to me just a little more about uh, your, your ideas on mental health, especially in the black community. Cause what I, uh, I come to find out a lot of times in the black community, we don't seek, counseling. We don't seek therapy. And I'm an advocate for that. I tell all my brothers and sisters to, you know, seek counseling. You know, we we just just because of who we are, you know, we we've gone through so much, you know, so we definitely need it. All of us. <laughs> yes. I I think that unfortunately we have been taught that if you are seeking counseling or you're quote unquote crazy, it's a bad thing. It's a huge stigma. So one, I want to thank you for advocating for it because your, your brain is the most important thing in your body. If you don't have your brain, they consider you a vegetable dead. Like DMX mm -hmm. was alive 
by machine, but he was considered brain dead before they actually called his death time. So, you know, so when I think of that, like how important the brain is, mind, body, spirit, you got to take care of all three. You know, when we have certain things that go in our lives and affects our mind, like, like people don't know that if you actually look at the different scans of, of, of a brain, it physically changes your brain. Like trauma changes your brain. Like when you experience things, it changes things. Like people who go through life and death situations, or let's say they live in a really bad neighborhood with a lot of violence, that becomes their normal, but that shouldn't be a norm, you know, because what your, your body is learning to stay in hyper alert all the time. So let's say you get out of that situation and you're in a calmer neighborhood or whatever, but your body's so used to being so alert to where everything is jumpy. So that's like post-traumatic stress disorder. Also, this is generational. Like this is why we ask about three generations of mental health um, concerns and history when we do an assessment is because this can be passed down because behaviors are taught, but also because again, it changes chemistry. Then when someone's pregnant, you're changing chemistry. Like it's a very physical thing that happens. So I am really big about mental well-being. And if if people's issue is I don't want to be an illness, fine. Let's just call it mental well-being. Uh, you know, whatever it is to get you to actually not keep everything inside, you know, because it becomes poisonous and toxic. And then we wonder why certain things happen in our lives. And I'm like, well, did you process through this? Like even last night I talked to somebody like she has issues with jealousy. I was like, that's a you thing. If you love somebody, you love them as they come. Just like, you know, people like to throw Christ in my session. Sometimes I like, well, Christ says come as you are. So if you love someone, you are saying, I love you as you are. All that other stuff is you. So working through our own stuff to make sure that what we're doing is good before we make a decision that might hurt us in the long run, those type of things. I can talk all day about mental health. I'm sorry. Like it's just, it's amazing. And it's not something like I've noticed too, people are recently been trying to chase the happy, Mm -hmm. you know, but being a whole person is important. Being able to be vulnerable with people is important. And unfortunately I'm a, like, I'm a really big advocate for our, our boys, our men, like they're taught that, Oh, I can't be a punk. I can't act like a girl. I can't open up, you know, but I'm like, but that's actually toxic for you. That's not good because it teaches aggression. It doesn't allow you to use your voice. And then you get in trouble at school. And why you get in trouble at school because society's telling you that you can't be human and that's not fair. At all. But yeah, girls are given the excuse to some extent that, oh, they're just on their period. You know how girls talk all the time. But I'm just like, if we have the ability to express ourselves, I think that should be equal to our male counterparts to express sure. themselves. You know? Yeah. Facts, facts, facts. And everything you said was definitely true. One hundred and ten percent. Like, um, do you um, have you done any any motivational speaking or anything like that? You know, a lot of people ask me that and I really would like to do that. Um, um, So so it's all things are changing and I can't say exactly what it is because I know that people are going to hear it and I'm not ready for them to know just yet of all the changes, but when they come, it's going to be a reckoning and I'm excited. 
<laughs> there will be a reckoning. That's right. Yes, there will be a reckoning. <laughs> so when when you're when you're doing your your com- your comedian and your stand up stuff, do you uh have any subjects that are that are just off off you know off bounds or stuff that you just won't say or it's all it's it's all open. Everything is fair game. Well, not everything is fair game because like I'm still in this process of finding my voice, if you will. I don't really do vulgar comedy because um, mm-hmm. I'm uncomfortable um, doing that kind of stuff. Like, you know, off stage, I might talk about all kinds of stuff, you know, and be very sensual and, you know, all that good jazz. But when I'm on stage, I, I, I try to be relatable as much as possible. Um, show like an open door to, you know, things I think that we all can kind of relate to so that the audience feels like they're being pulled into a good story. Yeah. Um, so for me, like, you know, I talk about life experiences in college and, you know, I talk about, you know, thank God that parents exist because I don't want those things. Like that's the best birth control ever. Like they're <laughs> parasites. Children are parasites. If you think about it, I mean, you you know, the yeah. umbilical cord, all that stuff. That's just a definition of a parasite. Who wants that? So I talk about these type of things. <laughs> and um, recently I've been working on a set in regards to my jujitsu. So, um, yes, I, I love jujitsu. I, when I talk about it, I, I, it's like, the one place you can go and experience the CDV without catching a charge. Like it's, <laughs> right. it's a wonderful experience. And those who are kinky out there, you want something that is in a safe space and you can get choked out and know that if you tap out, you're okay. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. <laughs> so I'm working on those type of things, expanding a little bit, kind of, um, the jujitsu stuff is kind of hard because not a lot of people know all the terminology and things like that. So I'm trying to figure out how to break that down into common terms that people can join me on that ride and that journey. Yeah. I can't wait to uh, see that material. And I know other people are going to enjoy that as well. So, uh, do you have any any uh, words of inspiration to tell, you know, up and coming uh, comedians or just entertainers in general that's trying to get themselves out there and uh, fulfill their dreams? Stay humble. Stay humble. Um, going to frequent open mics, that's where we get our grind on. We grind, we grind, we get our material, get it tight, get, make sure that we are doing what we need to do. Um, but stay humble. I have seen people come and go and they're like, oh, I'm the talent. Oh, I'm this. I'm like, we're not being paid like that. I don't know about you, but I don't make Kevin Hart money. So stay humble and know that this is a journey. It is your own journey. So one thing that it might, I realized I had to stop comparing myself to other comics out there because I would beat myself up. And I'm like, no, no, they're in their lane and they're doing what works for them. I have to stay in my lane and figure out what works for me and what works for me. Then like other, like I have different mentors around and they're like, once you have your voice, the, your audience will start looking like you. So I'm waiting for that day where I'm traveling around and the audience will start looking like me and they're going to try and follow me. And then, then that's when I realize I've somewhat arrived, you know? So yeah. I think that's the best thing I can do. And also those of you out there that are, even this is not, this is across the board. This is a great therapeutic intervention. 
But if you truly need therapy, it does not replace therapy. It's a good intervention, but it does not replace the, the necessary needs that a, you know, a licensed professional can help you with. So yes, if it's something that helps you get some form of catharsis, please do open mics, things like that, but also seek the appropriate help um, to go along with it. For sure, for sure. So last question, I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit. Why did the chicken cross the road? Why did the chicken cross the road? Mm -hmm. Because they realized they were about to be eaten. (laughs) As simple as off, right? (laughs) (laughs) Well, look, I want to thank you, Queen Momo, for real, for coming by and stopping through the Spotlight Series podcast. And I just want to let you know in a world full of darkness, the spotlight is on you. Thanks for watching Spotlight Series podcast. I'm your host, Slick Sean. You can follow on Facebook, Spotlight Series Podcast, on IG, Spotlight.Series1. You can stream the podcast at SpotlightSeries.net. Watch on Roku TV, Facebook Watch, IGTV, and stream on all podcast listening platforms. In a world full of darkness, the spotlight is on you.